Hello friends. So the episode that you are about to listen to was recorded um, at least a week um, up to a month prior to when it was published. So if you hear anything in relation to time or dates and you think to yourself that makes no sense, am I going crazy? I think the math does not add up and I think that they're talking about August and it is in September. You are not going crazy. I do get migraine shots every few months. So every few months, the plan will be to hopefully record um, multiple episodes prior to when I get those migraine shots because a little bit um, prior to when I get them, the previous ones were off and shortly after them, I do feel worse. I am very, very grateful that I am able to have them and that they do help overall. However, it does bring me down um, physically a little bit at first. And so in order to make sure that I can have consistent content and podcast episodes, I am trying to, like I said, record in advance. So if you are listening to this, know that um, this episode, like I said, was recorded in advance. And um, I really hope that this finds you well, that you enjoy this episode that you are about to listen to. I have some amazing guests lined up. So whatever episode that you're listening to, I'm sure it's going to be a good one. And I hope that I will be able to record and have episodes be published the same day or the same week at the end of September. And I hope you all have an amazing start to your fall and I will talk to you all later. So let's get into the episode. Hello friends. So the episode that you are about to listen to, we have a special guest with us and there's not a whole lot of detail mentioned, but I did just want to say that part of what we are discussing today is um, Lindsay's past relationship and um, how it differs from her current relationship and her past relationship and relationships before her ex-husband weren't the healthiest and she definitely went through some trauma and so if that is something that may trigger you please just be aware of that maybe mark this episode as um, listened to and then come back later when you may be able to or just leave it as it is like I said it's not mentioned as much Um, we were mainly we mainly talk about her current relationship and different things like that But I did just want to put that out there for those that may find certain words um, triggering or certain topics triggering. But I hope that those that listen, enjoy listening to our conversation, take something away from it. And if you are currently in a relationship that is toxic, I hope that this gives you the encouragement to leave and that you know that it's never too late to find someone who will treat you right. You are worth it. You are priceless. You are loved. And let's dive into the episode.
Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Beautiful Legacy Podcast. I am your host, Abigail Gagnon, and today we have a special guest, Lindsay C., and she is going to um, share a little bit about her relationship and her life, and I am so excited for you guys to get to know her and for us to have a conversation today. So, Lindsay, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Hi. Yes. I'm so excited to be here. I am. (laughs) I am a girl with big dreams, big goals. I'm a self-love confidence queen who loves to empower other females. And um, I'm 45 years young and a grandma of three. um, And they all live here. So it's my zoo. (laughs) My crazy household zoo that I just absolutely love. I love it. So um, obviously, like I said, some of what we're going to be talking about today is your current relationship, your past relationship. So since you have been married before, what are some of the things that in your past marriage were just not working for you? And when did you know it was time to leave? Oh, this is, this is kind of a sad story, but, um, in my past relationship, I married someone that I did not know, did not know at all. Um, it was a complete switch. And I would say probably a week of being married is when I was like, wow, whoa, what just happened? I've heard stories about that kind of thing. And I just, you know, I was like, oh, you have to know, you know, how your mm-hmm. spouse is and, and all of that. And I did not. I did not until the day I moved in. Um, he was a pastor. So we did not live together before we got married. Um, and I trusted a lot of things that he said. And pr- looking back, I thought, you know, I had come out of abusive relationships and, and a bunch, I have some trial childhood trauma. Um, I was raped when I was eight and again, when I was 12. And I think because of that, I was just always choosing the wrong men. So I have a long history of choosing men that would beat me and cheat and all the things. So for me, when I was introduced to him and he was a pastor, I was like, wow, okay. Like, this must be what safe feels like. And I really went into it thinking one way and about a week into the wedding or into the marriage after the wedding is when I realized he wasn't at all who he said he was. So it was pretty early on that I was upset. I think in 2013, so we got married in 2010. By 2013, I had asked a few times for a divorce Um, And this particular time, a week later, I was diagnosed with cervical cancer. And uh, so we, we fought through my cancer battle together and stuff like that. And I stayed for a long time. And 2020, I went on a self love journey. I started to lose weight. I started to work on past childhood trauma and just really opened my eyes. I, I will say this, my daughter-in-law who has lived with me since the day her and my son have met, 
she used to tell me, mom, I really want you to find love. I really like, they knew we Mm -hmm. were in this loveless marriage. And I used to tell her, you know, I had love when I was younger and she's like, you're 40. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, this is not the end. And I just felt like, oh, you know, I'll live out the rest of my life just, you know, whatever, just with a partner that we didn't talk, touch, you know, we were just kind of roommates or friends. And uh, it was my daughter-in-law pushing that was like, you don't see that you're meant for more. And um, 2020 is when I started that journey. That's awesome. I'm really sorry that you went through all of that. I definitely have been through abuse and things like that myself. And it definitely can make you feel like you're not worth more. And that is really hard. But I'm so glad that you had someone in your life that could remind you of your worth. Um, mm. And for those that are listening, what are some of the things that you would say about um, people that may be wondering, like, is it time to leave? Should I stay? And um, what would you tell them? Obviously, you stayed a lot longer than you feel you should have. But what would Mm -hmm. you tell someone listening? Like, if you're thinking it's time to leave, these are the things you should look for. And these are the things you should do. Yeah, I so now in this day and age, divorce is so common, right? Mm -hmm. It used to be something that was really frowned upon. And now it's so common and it's much easier But there's a part of you when you're in your relationship that you're like, oh my gosh, it's failing, you know? And I think about friends and Ross and friends and he was like, three (laughs) divorces, you know? He was like, (laughs) you know, and I'm watching and I'm relating, you know, because then you're like, oh, you know, another failed relationship, another failed marriage. And, And sometimes you hold on and fight longer than you should because of the fear of what are other people going to think I should have stayed. I didn't fight enough. We could have gotten more counseling or whatever. I think when you know, you know, like in your gut, you go, I cannot do this any longer. And I started mine with a self-love journey because of my history with choosing the wrong men. I was like, I'm either going to make this marriage work Or I'm going to find who I am, love myself fully, go on this self-love journey and fall in love with who I am before I could even go out and find someone new or get into anything else again. So for me, it had, it was a longer journey. And definitely since I said I started in 2020, I didn't leave until 2022, the very beginning of 22 you know, I took two years to prep and warn and tell him and, you know, like maybe we should do counseling. So for those two years, I really paid attention and I was like, yep, this is it. It's not going anywhere when, when, you know, people aren't changing. Not that you should ever go into a relationship thinking anybody should have to change, right? You never mm-hmm. go into a relationship going, I'm, I have to change this person. And I'll get into that when I talk about my new relationship. But there are things in a marriage, you know, not speaking, not showing each other attention, affection, anything like that. You know, when there is a great divide and when it's time to fight and when it's time to give up, you will feel that tug in your stomach. And I tell you, 
you are meant for more. If you are sitting in a relationship right now where you are underappreciated, undervalued, underloved, it's time to get out. It's time because there is, there are people out there. I remember watching TikToks, so I'll circle back real quick. I remember <laughs> watching TikToks about being over 40 and dating. And I was like, oh, it's just awful out there. Like, I don't want to do this. Like, it's awful. And and I see some of my friends who maybe didn't go through a self-love journey first and went through a divorce and they're out there struggling, 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 and they're picking. And I'm watching now on the outside going, no, don't pick her. No, don't pick him. Like, there are so many red flags, <laughs> you know, but um finding yourself, loving yourself and listening to your stomach, listening to your gut, listening to your heart, listening to your brain and listening to your family and friends. We don't do enough of. No, I completely agree. I think there are obviously people in our life that may either be jealous or may not know enough about the situation that may not give good advice. But I definitely think if mm -hmm. a bunch of people are telling you, hey, I'm concerned for you then you probably should listen. Because like you said, you can't go into it thinking you can change someone. But if the person isn't willing to hear you out, or if you're the one doing all the compromising, then that's not healthy. And I think, like you said, with being concerned about what other people may think, I think that they're not the one living your life. They're not the one paying your bills. They're not the one in your marriage. And while having people give you advice and listening to them is important, I think it's also important to realize that they're not in it the same way that you are. And even though you may be blinded because you are the one in it, um, that's not always the case. Because I know that there are plenty of times in my life where people have been like, oh, I don't think this is a good situation. You shouldn't work here, do that, do whatever. And it's just because they don't understand it and that's okay too. Um, and also, like you said, learning to love yourself and learning to be confident in who you are is so important. It doesn't change your worth. You're worth the same whether you love yourself or not, but you're not going to put up with as much if you realize your worth like you do if you think that you're not worth loving and being heard and respected. Yes. Amen. And for those listeners that have kids, because I think kids pay a, play a big role in this as well. When parents are thinking about splitting and there's kids involved, I will tell you this. Children would rather see their parents happy and thriving alone than together and miserable. Exactly. And like what you allow yourself to put up with you're showing your kids depending on the situation like this is okay when in cases mm. where you're considering divorce it's not and not to say that it's necessarily your fault if your kid dates someone that doesn't treat them well but if mm. you're allowing yourself not to be treated well and they see that they're gonna think that that kind of behavior is normal when they go looking themselves for someone mm-hmm Absolutely true. And so moving on to your current relationship, how did you guys meet and how did you know like that he was the one and it was different than what you had had in your past? This is my favorite story. No, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just 
so in love. It's disgusting. I love it. (laughs) We met on the dreaded online. We both jumped on this dating site at the same time. We probably got on this dating site an hour within each other. And a few guys liked my picture. I had never been on a dating site before. And I was like scrolling through. I was like, no, no, no. And then him, I was like, huh. And he was pretty close to my area. And so we just started chatting uh, right away. There was a connection right away. I felt like I could be real and raw. And we were real giggly and uh, open and just a really great person to talk to. So we talked about two weeks on the phone, texting, sending videos. We talked for about two weeks before our first date. Now, my first date is my favorite story to tell people. And I'm telling you, if I'm out, we were just buying a suit uh, for the wedding, actually. And the guy that was helping us is like, oh, I have a first date tonight. I don't know why we were talking about that, but he was so jazzed up. And so, of course, I give him our first date story and all the advice. So here we go. Buckle up. (laughs) We walked into this first date and we sat down because I had married someone that, you know, I dated him for a year and then we got married. We hadn't lived together because there was such a shift right away and it was such a shock I vowed to never ever date or marry anybody I didn't know again so I said to him on our very first date first thing when we sit down I said I want you to know I'm a very safe person I'm not a judgmental person anything you say here is absolutely safe but we're going to do things a little different I want to know all of your bad. I want to know the worst things you've done in your life. The worst thing you've done to another human, your biggest regret, the worst thing you've done in a relationship. So I wanted to know all the ugly, all the bad, everything, because I said, I will listen to everything you say. And then it's going to be my choice if we move forward or not. Like Mm -hmm. are your worst things, things that I could go, Oh, okay, sure. I understand that and move past, right? Because we've all done things when we're younger, especially as we're in our 40s and looking back like, oh. So I said, I want to know all of the bad. And I said, and then I will tell you all of my bad. And then we'll decide if we move forward. What that did was he told me, he's like, I've never opened up to anybody as much and that fast. But I did create this very safe environment when he was telling me the worst things and, you know, and, and it wasn't getting into, well, my ex this, so then I that, you know, no, no excuses. No, someone else made you do this. No, I want to know your regrets and what you did. Mm-hmm. And, and I shared mine. What we did was create this amazing, and I didn't know it at the time. What we did that day was we created this super safe place, this super safe environment where we could be 100% honest with each other at all times and know that it wasn't going to cause a fight. It wasn't, we weren't going to hold it against each other. You know, there wasn't going to be a fight that pops off a year later. And I'm like, remember when you did this to so-and-so, you know, like, no, there was none of that. We're going to accept it, move forward, move past it. We created that. 
relationship with openness that even now, if we get into an argument or disagree or something's going on in my work day and he's trying to talk to me while I'm trying to type something out and I'm like, hold on, you know, even if I get a little snippy, like, hold on, I'm typing, you know, we, there's no fight about it. He, you know, he's like, oh, okay. And then after I'm done doing whatever, I'll be like, baby, I should not have snapped. You know, I was just stressed. He's like, I understand, hon. We create an environment where we speak to each other out of kindness and love, even when we're angry. I've never met somebody that will sit down with me, especially a male that will sit down and we can have an open, honest conversation and it doesn't turn into a big fight, even if one of us is heated. Now, in the very beginning, we don't know each other. We don't know the boundaries and how we can push. I would say we had two kind of fights in the very beginning, back in very early 2022, just getting to know each other and boundaries. Um, and now we will just talk. We will just talk anything out. And it has been life-changing. It has been a breath of fresh air to not have a spouse that I'm constantly fighting with, yelling at, treating like a child. We are very much, he is the masculine energy. I am the feminine energy. And that was opposite in my other relationship. Um, because of all the lying the ex did and the, you know, he, I always looked at him as like a child. I always had to be like, don't lie to me. I just saw you. And so that energy turned into masculine energy and like more of a mom energy where, you know, here I keep my feminine energy and he keeps his masculine energy and we just respect and love each other. I absolutely love that. I think that it's so important to have that foundation and even mm. those that are listening that may not have started that way and are in tough relationships, like it's possible to get there. And obviously the other person has to want that. But I think that mm. sometimes people are like, oh, well, you know, the honeymoon stage only lasts for so long and you're going to fight and you're not going to like each other, which is so ridiculous. I don't understand that whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And it's so it just doesn't make sense. But I think that you can have fights, like you said, but they don't have to turn into this thing that like lasts for forever mm. or where you hold resentment against the person. Because obviously, as humans, we're going to snap. We're going to say things that we don't mean to say or that we may mean to say, but we should have said it in a better, more loving way. But mm. I think when you understand the person to the core and know that the person loves you and doesn't mean to hurt you that it's so much different than having people that either you don't really know or don't have your best intentions at heart or don't know you to your core and so they're going to keep stepping on triggers for you and stepping over boundaries because you know I deal with CPSD and I've been cheated on and abused and stuff like that and so it's taken a little bit my husband and I have only been married for three years and been together for five so not a huge amount of time. And there will be times where he'll be like, oh, I didn't realize like that was a trigger for you or I might not even know. Like last year, we ended up getting into more of a fight versus like a discussion about something. And hello, I'm so sorry. And I think <laughs> I, I, I don't know how to turn off because if someone calls again, it's going to do it again. That's oh. so weird. I know I put it in airplane mode so nobody could do that. And then it said no Wi-Fi. So I was like, oh, no. 
Well, hopefully that doesn't happen again. Um, But anyways, to those that are listening, um, this may sound more cohesive once I put the two clips together. But um, basically, Lindsay got a call and it shut the recording off. So anyways, what I was saying was basically that I was getting more agitated with him. And I didn't realize like what was happening. Like I didn't realize that I was being triggered to the degree that I was or like what exactly what he had said and did was triggering like what exactly it was. And so within a conversation, we were able to figure out like, oh, this is what happened. This is why. And then he was like, oh, I can understand why you're so upset now. And then it turned into like a good discussion. And I think that some people are so scared to have arguments or have disagreements because they think that that's going to be like the end of the honeymoon stage or the end of you know, the good relationship. But if you have a good foundation to start with, you can have those more heated discussions or arguments, whatever you want to call them, and still have that and not lose it, um, which I think is really important. Yeah, I completely agree. You know, and another thing is I'm pretty reactive. And so with him, I have learned he'll, he'll see my face change. Like obviously something's wrong. And sometimes I can't articulate it because some of it, I'm like, it's me. It's me. What am I being insecure about? Like he didn't do anything. I know that I'm shutting down because something happened within one of my insecurities or something like that. And so instead of being reactive and yelling and da, da, da. I will just tell him and and he'll be like, hun, what's going on? And I will say, I can't articulate it right now because I don't think it's you. You know, like I'm Mm -hmm. like, so I'm not going to take my day out on him, which is so easy for us to do. We're angry. Our spouse is the one that it's so easy to just snap at when they had nothing to do with what's really going on. So I've learned to just say, hun, hold on. I need to figure out you know, is this you? Is this me? Is it work? Is it, you know, what, why am I agitated? And, you know, nine times out of 10 within the hour, I'm like, okay, here's, here's what happened. And I'll be like, so this is, and he's like, oh, okay, awesome. You know, like, and sometimes it might've been him. And I would say, you know, there's this little trigger and I didn't realize like, like what you said, we don't always realize what could trigger us and it could be something so simple. So, So it's just, you know, knowing to like, just calm down and think about things before popping off, articulate what's going on, and then have that discussion. Exactly. And I think that for me, it, I didn't realize how much like I may either have forgotten or thought that I had forgiven someone for or thought I had healed from that I hadn't. And that because, you know, when you're in a marriage or with the person, a lot of the time you have a close relationship with them and they can trigger you in ways that you may not even have thought, like you said. Um, And sometimes I can't articulate it. And sometimes I don't even know what it is. But I think that if you're with the right person and if you're open and honest with them and have that foundation, that person can help heal you in ways that you would not have even imagined. And I think sometimes people that have been through abuse or whatever may be like, oh, well, I need to completely heal first before I get into another relationship. So I don't take it out on them. But I think Mm -hmm. that you can never 
be fully healed from certain things to a degree. And also, like I said, sometimes you're not even going to realize you're going to think you have healed and you haven't. And that's not a bad thing because if you're with the right person, they're going to love you anyway. And they're hopefully going to be able to help you heal and move forward um, in ways that you might not be able to do on your own. Yes. And I think that we definitely healed together and, and, you know, from him opening up and, and talking to me and knowing that his mom abandoned him and his brother when he was young and his dad was not a great influence on choosing the right ladies. You know, one abused the boys, the other shot him, the dad, not, not my husband, you know, um, and he's fine. He had surgery and stuff, but you know, like he was not a good example for what love looked like. He was not a good example of what to look for, um, in a partner and his mom wasn't there either. And hearing these stories early on and knowing my feelings for him, I made a promise right away. And I said, you know, I'm going to be that one that stays. I'm going to be the one who loves you unconditionally, like you should have been your entire life. And I stick by that. And I don't know if you've ever heard this saying, like the thing that made you fall in love with your partner is the same thing that will annoy you in the end. And so like one, so I always giggle about that because it's true a lot of the time. And, you know, if you have a partner that you're like, wow, I've never seen someone just walk in a room and light it up and, and take the stage and wow, you know, command a room will be the same thing that ends up annoying you. Like, wow, you know, they always steal the spotlight and it's always about them. And, you know, so the thing that you fall in love with will also be the thing that irritates you. And with me, I was like, wow, I've never met a man who loves to talk. And now I sit in the car and I find myself, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, because mm-hmm, <laughs> he's talking about cars and all, you know, like all the things. And, and I try to catch him on video. I make TikToks about it, you know, like me sitting there like, oh, make it stop. And him just car this and car that. And, you know, <laughs> so it's so funny. And, and I don't let it annoy me where maybe I would have in the past. It makes me giggle because I know it's the same reason I fell in love with him. Him being able to talk to anyone, anytime, carry a conversation is now the same thing that I giggle about now. So I think when you start finding those things that start maybe irritating you or whatever, just find the humor in it as well and try for them too. Um, I respect this man. And so when he... I we're both OCD. If you saw our house and closet, you guys would just crack up. Both of our closets are color coordinated. They go by tank shirts, you know, long sleeve. We're just OCD, the two of us. So I know this about him. Things that I'm not OCD about, he is. And so like where you squeeze the toothpaste tube. I know he likes it squeezed from the bottom, not the middle. And I'm a middle squeezer. So I'll squeeze it from the middle. Then afterwards, I go down and push it up at the bottom. So why I can't just squeeze it from the bottom in the first place, I don't know. It's not what I do. (laughs) But I respect and love him. And I know it's going to irritate him when he walks in and it's squeezed in the middle. So things like I like to leave my clothes. I take off my clothes at night in the bathroom. I like to leave them on the floor till the morning. 
uh, he doesn't enjoy that. So we have, I just told him we also have a toilet paper roll war going right now. Um, we have this roll that you can put like wipes at the top of it. And then the, uh, toilet paper hangs underneath and it cracks me up. Cause I like to pull it out and keep it, you know, just on the sink. He likes it put away. I think it's easier to not have a toilet paper on the toilet roll. I don't know. So we, he, I leave it off. When I come back into the bathroom, it's put back on. I leave it off. And so I'm like, we're having like a silent toilet paper war right now. <laughs> but we can giggle and laugh about that kind of stuff instead of letting it, letting it irritate us. Yes, that is so true. There's a lot of little things that weren't necessarily things that made me fall in love with him. But like with the towel on the sink, he likes to take it off of the rack and lay it on the sink and I'm like but why then I'm gonna turn the sink on and it's just gonna get wet like why can't you just leave it on the rack I don't understand and at the beginning of us living together I used to get so irritated with him I'm like I don't understand like why is this so hard and now I just sigh and laugh and shake my head when I see it because I'm like it's whatever like it's not the end of the world um and I'll just put it back because I know if he goes to the bathroom, it's going to be hanging over the sink and getting all wet and it's not going to dry. And I don't know. And whenever he's the type of person that when I ask him, like, why do you do certain things? Like, why do you like it this way? Because then maybe I'll understand. He'll be like, I don't know. That's just the way I've always done it. And I'm like, but that's not helpful. I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think that it's important because obviously there are certain things that like, you need to work on or your spouse needs to work on. But I think that there are certain things like that or like your toilet paper roll war that you just need to laugh about and not let it become so serious that you then end up getting mad about for the rest of the day because it's yeah. not worth it. Yes. 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 I love it. <laughs> Pick so, your battles. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I know that you said that you have all your grandkids living with you and um, your husband lives with you. And I don't know. Um, I think you said that your daughter-in-law and um, your son live with you. Yes. So how is balancing all of that with work and life and marriage and everything? Like, what are some of your tips for balancing all of that and not getting super overwhelmed with having so much to do and having so much going on, you know, being patient. So that was a struggle. He doesn't have kids. He didn't have a family, he, you know, and then we move in together and he inherits kids and grandkids and, you know, all the things. And when we first met, I moved in, he had a fifth wheel on his dad's property. They have a huge property up north. And so he lived in a fifth wheel and my bougie, but I am the most <laughs> bougie princess ever. Um, I moved in to this fifth wheel and he had chickens and all, like my friends that knew me well were like, what does that like? <laughs> this girl is in a midlife crisis or something like, and I loved it. I love, and he was sick of being in, you know, a little trailer and we had to find a spot that we could bring the kids and grandkids and all of that. Um, so, but I loved it. He hated it. I thought it was the coolest thing being on top of each other in this little space, getting to know each other, just started dating, just falling in love. It was so much fun. 
But then we all moved into one big house together and that is a whole new ballpark. Now you have, you know, uh, seven new personalities while Trisha was pregnant with their youngest grandkids. So we had six different personalities getting to know each other all at the same time. Uh, so we just offered a lot of grace, a lot of patience and, and all of the things while everybody got to know each other. You know, my son had seen me go through so many failed relationships. And so my son was very tense at first and just was like, ugh. but then as my kids saw the relationship and how it was so much different when we were living with the ex, there was always fighting. There was always yelling. It was a very toxic environment for my kids to see and for my grandkids to see. Like, that's not how you treat people you love. And so with this, my, my daughter-in-law tells me all the time, now this is a relationship the grandkids can grow up watching and wanting. Where it, it felt very, I watched my son and his wife and I'm like, dang, I want a relationship like that. Like they're so loving and, and, and amazing together. And so as the mom, I was looking up to my son. I was like, hey, mom wants to find that, you know, <laughs> like, mm -hmm. wow. And uh, so we all just came in with grace and patience and know early on, okay, this is a trigger. This is irritation. So we have a split level. We have upstairs is the living room, the kitchen, our bedroom, guest bathroom. And then downstairs is another living room and all bedrooms, bathroom and stuff. So they live downstairs. They have their own space, their own living room and all of that. So just getting to know like, okay, we don't like a clutter mess, whose chores are what, you know, my daughter-in-law is the dishes girl. She does dishes every day. My son takes out the trash when he gets home from work. So we have like this little workflow house community going on that just works, just works. And because it's not toxic and yelling and, and, oh gosh, what mood is he going to be in today? And, you know, there's not that tension. It's just, it, it feels amazing. It feels absolutely incredible, but it's something we work for. And, and we, you know, oh, someone's in a bad mood, you know, like, hey, why are you in a bad mood? Did someone upset you? What's going on? Oh no, just something at work. Okay. You know, we all, we all pick up on each other's energy and vibe really well. And we'll know, like, if the kids are like, oh, mom's really tense with work right now. Or, you know, Liam's been working on his truck and can't get it to work. He's a car guy, you know. So he's a little irritated tonight. Or, you know, you just give each other space and grace and love and patience. That's awesome. I love it. I think that that's super important to allow the people that you are with, um, especially with who you're living with, to allow them to have a bad mood and a bad day and mm. be there if they want to process it with you, but also realize that it doesn't have anything to do with you necessarily and to not let it then bring the whole mood of the house down. Cause I think that that mm -hmm. can be so easy um, to do, but if you just give them space and allow them to be like, you know, know that I'm here if you want to talk, but also, you know, Maybe let them slam something on the counter and not let it change your entire mood or get you all irritated and add fuel to the fire. I think that that's super important and definitely can really help with balance of life in general. Because I know 
for me, sometimes it can be hard if Brian comes home in a bad mood and I don't know why, and he's not ready to talk about it. And I'm definitely the type that just wants to be like, just tell me, just talk to me about it so I can help and fix it. But I really have to realize that I can't always do that. And so I think that there's definitely um, importance to have that balance. Yes. Yes, I agree. And just a hand on the leg, you know, like Mm -hmm. if, if we're driving and something's happening at work, since I work from my phone and something's irritating me and he notices my mood change, he'll just reach over and hold my hand or hold my leg and I'll kind of look at him and he'll look at me and, you know, just gives me a nod. Like I'm here, babe. I see, I see that you're going to need me or whatever, you know? So that feels really nice. And, and just that support and that respect, I can't say respect enough. I think that's a big thing, a big thing in relationship. And I feel like because of my ex, even though we were together for 13 years, he lost my respect in the very beginning. When, when I found out he was a whole different guy than what he portrayed, I was angry. And, and people who were shocked about our divorce, I was like, really? I was like, can you really go back and look, like, look at us together. Look at it. You know, like you see, like I was, there wasn't a love or, you know, but, um, losing that respect early on was devastating for that 13 years because without respect, you, you don't have the love, you don't have the compassion, you don't have the, you know, you don't respect is everything you have to respect and love yourself and respect and love your partner. And when I said, Oh, this will come full circle. What I wanted to say is to love yourself and respect yourself enough to pick up on those red flags. Uh, Listeners, you know what I'm talking about. You know, those red flags in the beginning and, but you're like, Oh, but he's so perfect or she's so perfect. And you have the butterflies and listen to those red flags, listen to those red flags, but look for the good flags too. But those red flags, stop ignoring those because they don't go away. 13 years later, they never went away. Exactly. I think that a lot of people, especially in the beginning of the relationship might brush them off and be like, Oh, well, no relationship is perfect. No one is perfect. And I always tell my friends that are newly dating someone, like, it's not supposed to be this hard from the get-go. Like, if it is this hard from the get-go, it is only going to get worse. And, like, yes, you're going to have disagreements. You're going to have things that you don't like about someone. And maybe that will happen at the beginning depending on, you know, what kind of environment you guys are dating in, what kind of conversations you're having, what you're bringing up. And different things like that. But it should not be that the person is not respecting you, is not making time for you, is doing X, Y, and Z. Like that kind of stuff is not going to change. And it's only going to get worse. Like at the beginning, that's when the person should be trying to put their best foot forward and trying to show you that they're, you know, this great, awesome person that they, you know, you might want to spend the rest of your life with. And if they're not doing that, the majority of the time, then they're not the right person for you. Mm-hmm. I feel that so deeply. I love that. That is great advice. And so I know that you also, like you said, you work from your phone. And mm-hmm. so while doing that, what are some things that you um, find help to balance 
doing videos and all of that while also still living in the moment. Oh, I'm the worst. (laughs) (laughs) We're, we're about to go to convention and and I've been asked to speak on stage and, and all of that. And I will get caught up in the moment and forget videos and forget content and all of that. I do. I am very big on being in the moment, but what I have done with my husband is incorporated him into my business and into my life where I didn't do that before. They were two complete separate entities. You didn't hear anything about my ex. Uh, Well, maybe rarely, but so with Liam, I've incorporated his quirkiness and my messiness and just we're so imperfectly perfect together and so I've incorporated him into my business and life and allowed other people to see this is what dating after 40 can look like this is what happens when you find your person this is why you never give up you know so I incorporate kind of that. And, and I, I hear a lot of messages from people like, wow, you really give me hope seeing that there's still good men out there. He always tells me he jokes and he's like, you have to will me to somebody because (laughs) I tell him like, now that we found each other and now that, and I tell him because he chose, you know, his ex was a narcissist and, you know, he doesn't have a great track record. And so I tell him if anything were to ever happen to me, please tell me that you will move forward with somebody who treats you like I do. Like you can't go backwards now. Mm -hmm. Like you can't go back to how people treated you in the past. Like I've set the bar and he's like, you just have to wheel, you just have to will one of your girls to me. And I'm like, (laughs) I don't know who it would be. You know, like they all love him dearly. You know, I hear all the time, does he have a brother? And you know, so, um, yeah, I'll have to line up uh, his perfect match if anything ever happens to me. And I'm sure he would do the same. So that's a, you know, once you find that perfect love and your soulmate and, and all of that, it, you just, I forget where I'm going with it. I just went into this big cloud of love <laughs> like I where there's like pink hearts floating around my head and I have no idea what I'm talking about. I just started thinking about him and, and how healthy and amazing this relationship was and, and is, and to even have my parents see that. And my parent, my mom cried so much on my wedding day, just telling me I'm so unbelievably happy for you. And my parents are very Christian family. And I grew up in private school and going to church and all the things. And Liam didn't. And, you know, so I remember my parents being like, is he a Christian? Does he go to church? And I'm like, no, I don't want to talk about that. Like, you know, like, I I want you to meet him. Like, don't judge him solely on that right now. And I have a lot of Christian trauma I'm working with or working on and dealing with. So we're, we're not talking about this right now. We will get there. But, you know, and so my parents, it was it was uh, nerve wracking for me to for them to meet him. He was so different um, from anybody I had dated and he's opinionated. And, you know, I was like, oh my gosh, well, it was complete opposite than I thought how it was going to go. And my parents loved and respected that so much. They loved the way he takes care of me. My dad is very manly. Liam's very manly. So, 
you know, I didn't have any, I used to have a daddy to do list when my dad would come visit, you know, because my ex didn't do any of that. And seeing their daughter taken care of and loved and my dad's just over the moon. And I just love that my family's so supportive. My kids are happy. My daughter-in-law and son tell me all the time, like, wow, we waited so long to see you this happy. So my advice is to never, ever give up. You can have your perfect love. You can have your perfect marriage. Don't let anybody tell you that it doesn't exist because I'm here to tell you it does, but it starts with you and it starts with you loving you and accepting you for everything you are and everything you aren't now. Go on your self-love journey, then you will find your perfect match. Or go through your, if, if you're struggling in your relationship, you don't want a divorce, but you know that there are things that you can work on. Work on you first. Work on yourself first. Exactly. I love that. I think too, like about being in a relationship and working on yourself, I think it's important to remember that you can't change someone else no matter how much you try. And Mm. so leading by example too, like working on yourself and when your spouse, if they want it to work, they'll see like that you have this change and that you have this, you know, glow or whatever that's different and they're going to want to know about it. And if they really want to work on it, they're going to see that and be like, you've made a big change. I absolutely love this. Like, what are you doing? I want some of that. And so I think that sometimes leading by example, by doing things yourself and putting in the work for yourself is going to make more of a change. If the person is right for you, if they want this relationship to work, then you constantly like nagging them, trying to get them to go to therapy with you, trying to do whatever, like go to therapy yourself, work on yourself. And maybe they'll then say, oh, this is working for you. We should go to therapy or I should go to therapy myself versus just being like, here's a book. Let's do this book together or let's watch this video or you need to do more around the house. And these are things that aren't working for me because yes, there's a time and place for some of that stuff. But like you said, some of it has to come with you first because Uh the person's not going to want to change if you're not also changing. Uh And gratitude. You just said something that reminded me of gratitude too. Another thing, always make your partner um, feel important. And so with Liam, when he fixes something or gets something done or goes and pulls weeds or plants new flowers or, you know, something like that. I'm always like, wow, babe, thank you. That looks amazing. Great job. Or dinner, you know, I'm like, wow, this is so good. And, you know, I'm always just thank you. Thank you. We take care of each other. We laugh at dinner time. He's the cook. I am not. We would starve (laughs) if it was up to me. But at dinner, he's in the kitchen and he's getting everything prepared. And then I will get his drink. You know, what do you want to drink with dinner? Okay, I got the napkins. I got your spot. I got your, you know, your plate and your fork. And and we giggle and take care of each other. And it would be just as easy just to take care of myself, right? Get my drink, get my silverware. But, but he's preparing dinner. So I'm over here getting his stuff ready. And then after dinner, we have this little battle again with our little battles. But he usually finishes dinner before me and likes to take my plate. But I like to take his plate because I feel like (laughs) just cook dinner, you know, like, let me take your plate to the sink. 
So if he hears, he will wait. He will wait and he won't look at me. He'll be like looking at the TV or something, but I know he's waiting. And as soon as he hears my fork drop, he turns around and puts his hand out. And sometimes I'll ignore him. Or if I finish dinner first, I wait. And I'm like, and I'll be on this edge of my <laughs> just to take his plate, you know, like I won, you know, but we're constantly showing each other gratitude and taking care of each other. It's sure. It's so much easier at dinner time just to get me ready, but he just cooked our meal. Why wouldn't I, you know? So it's just those little things showing each other. I appreciate you. I am so grateful for you and I love you. I love that. I think making sure that you guys are still having fun together, I think is so important and finding fun in little things as well as, like you said, showing appreciation I think knowing your partner's love languages can play into that oh. and be important as well as like showing mutual respect. Cause I think sometimes that, especially in Christian circles, it's like show respect to your husband, be obedient, do all this stuff. But it's not talked about enough of, you know, like the husband should also be respecting the wife and also oh. taking care of her and showing love. And like you said, you're not, big into cooking he is so like it doesn't have to be like the wife always cooks and cleans you know you can have different things that each of you do and as long as you're both participating in that then that's not a bad thing like when it comes to cooking I generally do a lot of it but there are certain things that he does better than me he if we're gonna grill he grills if we're gonna do like fried chicken he does that and there are certain things that I do better than him that it's I just take on that role and you just have to find that balance and not get so caught up in oh well he's the man he needs to do this because mm -hmm. that's not always how it's going to work out yep absolutely and speaking of faith since you um were married to a pastor before and you said that you grew up um going to church and stuff how is because you were married to a pastor that lied and you didn't know who he was and didn't have the greatest relationship. How does that translate to your current relationship with your faith? And how are you figuring out like what different things that you believed were toxic or not biblical? And like, how are you navigating all of that? Yeah, for me, that's a big one. I do have some Christian trauma. Of course, I lost a lot of friends through our divorce who, because he's a pastor, just assume he's perfect. You know, they don't know what went on behind the scenes. You know, the porn addiction, alcohol addiction, you know, stuff that you would just not think of a pastor. Mm -hmm. And so I got dropped. I, I'm... I'm the bad one, which is fine. I'll take it, whatever. I um, don't come out a lot about what went on in our marriage as respect for him because he is a pastor and I'm not trying to ruin, you know, his life that way. You know, I just kind of kept it was like, you know, we're divorcing. Things aren't always what they seem. You know, we try to keep it off of social media. We try to keep it, you know, whatever. But I did get dropped from some friends who didn't understand how I could do that to a pastor, how I could leave. Um, there's always two sides. But I think that my faith has been 
shook a little just with some Christian trauma. Um, some things I've seen old church members say on some of his posts and stuff that just, you know, I try not to let it bother me, but it does. Um, my faith gets stronger daily, but there has been that divide. So I left in, uh, January of 22, uh, 2022. And I haven't been back to church yet. Um, there is a church across the street that I love. We'll go there for trunk or treating. We'll go there for their big Easter egg hunt. I did talk to the pastor about, you know, Christian trauma and he, he acknowledged that that was a real thing, uh, which was big for me. I was like, oh, thank you. And he was like, you just take your time. And so I'll sit on the balcony of our house um, and listen when they do worship outside and stuff like that. But as far as like getting back in there, I've kind of been a little shook. But and it's a journey as well with Liam. And he was not raised in church. Uh, He absolutely supports me. And he has said, when you're ready to walk back into church, I will go with you. And that's been a huge change from when we met. So I see, you know, he's starting to, he either is starting to have faith or he is starting to, well, I'm not sure. My, my son and him got lost in the woods (laughs) two weeks ago, uh, three weeks ago, two weeks ago. I can't, the very beginning of August, they went on this hike and it was a dangerous hike and it was off trail. They ended up getting lost and, and stuff. And, and Liam kept saying, I was just praying. I was praying. I, he said something, something helped me in those woods. And he's like, I just kept praying. I have to get Lindsay's son home, um, to her and his kids and his wife. And, you know, he's like, something guided me. And so I see a lot of changes in him too. And I think, I think, uh, we're going to take it slowly and, and, uh, yeah, I'm excited for the future. I see good things. That's awesome. I think that that's like an example of you leading by example, by not letting other past church hurt completely destroy your faith and not pushing it on Liam to, you know, read the Bible with you or go to church with you. And like, he's taking that initiative on his own. And so Mm -hmm. I think that that's really important. And I think sometimes it can be really hard when we've dealt with different people from the church that are sharing things that either aren't biblical or they'll, you know, bash you and speak ill of you. And it's hard not to associate that with God and, mm-hmm. you know, tell the difference in your, you know, heart that, you know, that's a human and they may claim to be representing Jesus, but clearly they're not doing the best job either now, or they're just, you know, not really a Christian. And um, I think that that can be really hard, but I like what you were saying about not wanting to bash him because he's a pastor and stuff. I think that sometimes it can be really hard to find that balance of when someone hurts you and wanting to share your story to encourage other people and not just sitting there and making posts and TikToks and whatever, bashing the person. Because I think that sometimes we 
don't share our story because we're like, oh, well, this includes someone else. And I think that that balance can be really hard at times, at least for me. I I feel Uh like sometimes with different things, I'm like, I really want to share this. I feel like this could really help someone. But how do I word this in a way that's not just bashing this other person, but also sharing my story because it includes you too. Um, Uh And that can be especially like you said, hard with him being a pastor and having people that knew you as the pastor's wife and may not believe you. Um, mm-hmm. so that's, that's a really hard balance to find, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just, I, I didn't, I didn't, I was angry with him. I felt betrayed, but I didn't hate him. Like I mm-hmm. didn't want to destroy him. I didn't, you know, want, and I knew leaving was going to crush his world anyway. And I didn't want to make anything worse. And I I am like that. I have a huge loving heart and I never want to see anybody hurting, even those that have hurt me. So for me, it was really easy to say, you know, keep it off of social media. Let's respect each other. And, And when I would see it now, I was not perfect and I am reactive. So I would see him kind of say some things here and there, you know, he was the victim for sure. Um, And people really fed into that, would tell him how awful and selfish and, you know, stuff about me. And I'm like, I'm one of the most giving people I know. So them hitting me below the belt, I had to remember, you know, I would sometimes message him and be like, hey, I thought we were keeping it off of social media. Your post just got super ugly. And he'd be like, yeah, you're right. I'm going to take it down. So we did have that respect, but I also... I think there was once or twice where I did pop off and be like, knock it off or I'm going to go public. You know, mm-hmm. like, I kind of had to check him a few times, but you know, I, I, I didn't want to ruin him. So. Yeah, that's, that's really hard. I think that too, sometimes we want to defend ourselves and that's important to stand up for yourself as we've talked about. But I think like you said, finding a good way to do it where you're not, disrespecting somebody else or just dragging their name through the mud because even if they have hurt you hurting them back is not going to make what they did to you any different exactly and why go after anybody right because we know as christians and this is the thing for me with the with the christian trauma what i could not stand is if i was reactive or got upset or and someone would go like oh I don't think a pastor's wife should say that or wear that or do that or look like that. Or, and I'd be like, Oh, stop, like knock it off. Stop judging. And so for me, that's, that's a big thing too with Christianity is knowing like we are so flawed. I think the Christian community, like we, hello, we're all sinners. We sin and we sin and we sin. And we forget that about other people like, okay, you know, like they're not perfect. And I know he's not perfect. I know I'm not perfect. So I just leave it at that. It takes two to make a work, a marriage work. And sometimes it just can't anymore. Not everybody's willing to keep going and keep working. Exactly. Exactly. And I think to, um, with the judging aspect, I think that it can be so, like it's so stereotypical for 
people to be like, oh, well, Christians, they're just so judgmental and they just look down at other people. And I think that that is just so sad because we're all human. And whether you're Mm -hmm. a Christian or not, you're still going to mess up and make mistakes. Like just because Mm -hmm. you believe in God doesn't take that away. Doesn't mean you're perfect. Yeah, exactly. And so I know that um, you recently wrote something for a book. Um, What were you doing with the book? Was it just like a little excerpt that you wrote in the book or was it more? Oh, I did a, um, for direct sales and network marketing, I took a chapter in a leadership book. So for anybody new stepping into leadership or old in leadership, um, just, it was, oh gosh, how many of us were in this book? 25 of us or less. I can't remember. Um, I have another book that I'll partake in soon coming up. I don't know if that's what you're talking about or the other one I did in Momentum Makers about leadership. I think I had seen something about the other book, but I was talking about the one that was already out that I had seen that you had written for. Yes, yes Momentum Makers. That was, that's an incredible book. Um, there's a, I think it's a 10 part series. You can find them all on uh, Amazon. I sold out of mine, but <laughs> I, I get them now on Amazon. That's really awesome. And so is there any last things about anything that we've discussed that you would like to uh, make any last comments on um, or share? Just love yourself no matter what. My self-love journey is going to look different than yours and, and everybody's in a different place. Mine started with wanting to lose weight. I lost uh, 183 pounds. And that's why I think my journey took two years. I was, I was losing weight and finding myself and finding my joy and, and all of that. So I think the secret to a amazing relationship starts with you, starts with you loving and respecting yourself first. That's awesome. I love it. And where can people find you on social media? Ooh, Well, my favorite spots are TikTok and Facebook. (laughs) I do have an Instagram, but I lost an old Instagram account to hackers. Oh, hackers. Um, So I haven't done as much on Instagram, you know, but um, Facebook and TikTok are my favorite. And if you're wanting to follow our relationship, uh, Lindsay Ray C, it's S-E-E on TikTok, you can kind of see our journey and, and our goofiness and just how we fit. I love it. And because the podcast is called Beautiful Legacy, I like to ask everyone, what kind of legacy do you want to leave and why? Ha! My team name is Legendary Legacy. I am leaving a legacy to my grandchildren. I was a teen. I was a single teen mom uh, with my son and I struggled and fought uh, every ounce of his childhood trying to provide a better life for him. So I missed a lot of his childhood. And I vowed that I was going to change my grandkids' lives. And I was going to help my children out. Even though my son works, my daughter-in-law is able to stay home with our help. So that was a legacy. I wanted to make sure that both parents were able to be here and be there and not miss 
a sports or a ballet or a gymnastics. I wanted them to be absolutely 100% present in their children's lives. And that's the legacy that I'm leaving to my grandkids. I'm gonna, I don't ever want them to have to struggle. And my biggest legacy that I'm leaving is I do affirmations with my grandkids every day. You can see those on TikTok sometimes too. Um, I am teaching my grandkids young that they are beautiful and amazing. And no matter what, no matter who, no matter what goes on in their life, they are still the most amazing person and beautiful and worthy and confident and loved. So that is my mission. <laughs> I absolutely love that. Um, I always tell the people as I'm ending a podcast that they are loved and they are priceless and they are worth it. And so I love that you do that with your grandkids. That's super awesome. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. So I really appreciate you giving me some of your time today. I've enjoyed our chat and um, I really hope that you have a great rest of your afternoon. Absolutely. You too. And thank you so much for having me on. This has been such an honor. Yeah, of course. And to our listeners, as always, like I said, you are loved, you are priceless, you are worth it. And I will talk to you all later. Thank you.